0: So just a little quick tip about me. Uh, on my high school team, even though I did go to two phenomenal high schools, and one of them was the number one team in the country at the time, I didn't play a lot of – I didn't play much. I was what you would call a bench player in high school. And um, and I could have quit, but I, I decided, you know, I wanted to pursue this. I, I knew I was better than that, and I knew that could be a, a life in the tunnel for me. So for young athletes, with today's social media and the hype that comes with being good so soon, it could be uh, – it could it could hurt other athletes. You, you can feel like it can't work for you. Now, if you know what level you want to play at, I just say play the best you can be. The person in the mirror is the person you got to live up to. You know, what I'm saying that's the person you got to wake up to and know that you gave it your all. And if your all is a Division three or any I A or Division two, because I play Division two basketball, then then so be it. As long as you know you gave it your all, that's it. All levels: high school, middle school. Um, pro-am. If you're going to get between them lines, you're supposed to give it your all and and let the chips fall where they may. But always be a good person, always be a good teammate, and and you'll find some kind of success in sports. It might not be, you might not make $7 million a year, but if you can find your way into college and, and to a good job and have great memories, then it was well worth it. Live from Gil Silva Family Studio in Salinas, California, the salad bowl of the world. Welcome to the podcast designed to inspire, the only one built with
1: Ganas. You're
0: gonna work harder than you ever worked before. And the only thing I ask from you is Ganas. Desire, haircut. If you don't have the Ganas, I will give it to you because I'm an expert. From the founders of Gill Basketball Academy that
1: empowers youth to play hard, work hard, study hard, and overcome obstacles. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. You want something, go get it,
0: period. Real interviews with real people about real life. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take
1: and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And now it's time for Ghana Leading from the Heart. This episode was sponsored by Plaza Properties. Plaza Properties and Dan O'Brien have managed departments in Salinas since the 1980s. Plaza Properties believes in the mission of the Gill Basketball Academy and is proud to contribute to our podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Ganas, Leading from the Heart. I am Jose Gill, coach, teacher, father, husband, and a lifelong believer in Ganas, which translates to desire. Today on the show, we're honored to have my man, Chris Young, on the show. Chris, thanks for joining us, bro. No, no, thank you for
0: having me.
1: Thank you for having me. It's exciting. It's exciting to have you, man, because, you know, we have so many stories to talk about and, uh, it's going to be epic, man, because, uh, we share a lot of, uh, great memories together, man. And, and I'm, I'm glad that we're going to get these stories out
2: to the world.
0: Okay. Yeah. Likewise, we do share, we do have some memories for sure. <laughs> okay.
2: Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, your family, your education and your career? Who is Chris Young?
0: Well, I don't know if we have that much time to talk about everything that I am, but, um, I'm from Los Angeles, California, South central. Uh, I have an older brother who actually lives in the Bay. I have a younger sister and we're a single mom. So, uh, you know, things weren't always great for us growing up, you know, um, but she's a hardworking lady and she instilled a lot of determination in me and my brothers and sisters. So from there, uh, I went to a few high schools. I went to Crenshaw High School and Manual Arts High School. Um, after that, I was floating for a while and I finally ended up at LA Southwest where I played two years underneath the legendary Reggie Morris Junior uh, senior, actually. Junior was on my team, which we'll talk about that later. Yeah. That's my buddy and that's where I ended up coaching with in high school. Um after that I went to Cal State, LA. Didn't really take care of uh, some things I should have taken care of, so my career there. was cut kind of short. Um but after that, I uh, fell into slam ball, which is an extreme basketball sport that was uh, popular in the early 2000s. And then from there, I went to coach at Dinger High School for seven years as an assistant coach. Had some success there, uh, changed a few lives. Um, in and all, uh, was doing Michael Jordan camp the whole time. I did Kobe camp once and been around basketball you know since i in the early 80s I mean, late 80s i should say early 90s um through all my basketball adventures and journeys it led me to my last project which well not my last project but my most notable project i would say would be air west which i started with uh, keon kendrick in 2012 where we were um, providing a safe space for basketball players predominantly overseas and nba players but in 2019, the beginning of 2020, we pivoted to doing a lot more with girls and youth sports, and that's uh, where we left off after COVID, and that's what we're looking forward to getting back to once COVID is a distant memory.
1: Yeah, you you brought up a couple of... uh... You know, you, 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 sh- you certainly shortened this up. Right. And, uh, because right. you, I know you do so much more, man. And, you know, it was a loaded question, you know, but, um, we talked about Luzinger and mm-hmm. Air West, you know, I want to kind of dive in a little bit more in the Luzinger part of it, because I know I, I know Reggie Morris Jr. as well. And, uh, it's awesome that his dad coached you and, you know, you got to play with, with, with junior. Now you guys are like boys, right. You know, doing great things and coach mm-hmm. together, but, uh, talk to us about some of those losing stories, man, because I, you know, drop some names. I know you got some, you've coached some guys <laughs> that, that people are going to say, what? I, I know that guy I recognize that name. But, you know, I, I know behind the scene, you know, it was it was the foundation that you guys instilled in them, right? That and you still are friends with these pro players that are playing in the NBA and shining man, and doing great things.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, I, I, you know, it's really hard to just talk about myself cause then yeah. you know, it's just not my exactly. Thing, exactly. And I am a part, I am part of my journey and I did kind of shorten it up. So the losing a thing was, uh, something Reggie asked me to do in 2003, but I was still doing slam ball and I didn't really have the time. Uh, yeah. he actually asked me at one of our good, uh, he actually asked me to coach at our, one of our teammates funeral Lee Demon Jr. who was murdered in 2003. Um, and he was telling me, come coach at year. I got an NBA player and you know, he's going to be special and all this good stuff. And I'm thinking like, yeah, man, what that doesn't really happen <laughs> to us. Like that's something yeah. about. Um, exactly. so I didn't end up coaching in 2003 and the player ended up being Darrell Wright. He ended up going to South Kent prep school the following year and ended up being drafted in the first round to the Miami Heat. He, he was actually the first born South Central LA player to ever get drafted out of high school. Wow. Um, Yeah, so then that that fall, the fall of 2003, I decided to take Reggie up on his offer, and I went to go coach at Luzinger. Um, That's where I met Kelsey Bars, who eventually would pass away uh, nine months later. Mm. Um, I met a a sophomore, very skinny, clumsy Russell Westbrook, who we all know is uh, an amazing athlete and one of the best players the NBA's ever had. And then through my relationship with Luzinger in 2003, I formed a relationship with this goofy little, I think he's like in the 11 years old at the time, which was Delon Wright, Gee. which is Darrell Wright's little brother. And Delon is now the starting point guard for Detroit Pistons. He's and, killing and, it, man. Yeah. And then we had a couple, we had guys overseas, we had other Division I players. And then my last year coaching at Luzinger, I decided to go snatch my cousin from Las Vegas because I thought he would be a good fit for our program and our mm-hmm. team. And he ended up coming down and playing for us in 2009-2010, getting CAF Co-Player of the Year with Delon Wright, and his name is Amiri Garrett. And he is uh, competing for the starting reliever job for the Cincinnati Reds. So losing, there's wow. been a lot of uh, ups and downs. We're losing to Kelsey and some some you know tough years with players and parents and just the whole coaching thing. But overall, you know, with the success of three NBA players and one Major League Baseball player, I think we did a pretty good job
1: there. Yeah, that that's a uh, that's for sure. And and I know uh, Russell Westbrook. You know, I'm I'm always amazed. You know, as a, as a coach, right, myself at the high school level, varsity, and and uh, as an athletic director, I look for those guys that have that drive, man. That just you know, like like you when you played. You know, I remember like all my experiences, and we'll talk about some of those right now later on in the pod. But uh, Russell Westbrook, man, he he's all out, one hundred percent every single ganas right all the time Mm -hmm. and uh did you see that at a young age with him and when you guys were coaching him did he have that always have that in him that you know chip on his shoulder that you know uh michael talked about it right and we we're talking about we're gonna talk about michael's stories but you know he always michael Jordan always said like man i'm playing for that one person who's gonna come see me for the first time and has heard the hype I don't want that guy, that person to leave and say, ah, he wasn't that good. He didn't play that hard, you know, but Russell Westbrook does that, right?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I I wouldn't, I'm not going to sit there and say, I thought Russell would be a first time hall of famer and all that good stuff. But I do remember Reggie, this is before Kelsey died. Reggie would always say that Russell was really good and Russell had a chance to be good. And for me, being in my first year coaching, I didn't really know what that meant. I hadn't really been around high school athletes like that. So I just meant whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but he's always had chip on, so he's always like he always felt slightly, even mm. though, and he was slight. I mean, and he was supposed to be. He was five nine, hundred some pounds, and big feet, and big hands, and clumsy. So, you know, no one saw what he saw, and no, I don't think no one period saw that. You know, yeah. so even himself, he has to surprise himself with some of the uh, things he's been able to accomplish in the, in the NBA and in, in college, high school that, for that matter. Um, but I do know around his 11th grade year, I thought he would be really good. Yeah, it's yeah, after Kelsey died, you know, you, you know, and even if he wouldn't go be an NBA player, we we put enough energy, we put our energy into him to at least be in a good college player. And, and that would have been just enough for us because after Kelsey passed away, I don't think any of us really knew what, what was headed for any of us, you know, because he was an NBA uh, prospect at the time that he died. So now Russell didn't run the track well. Like you would, you would be mad at him if you saw him run the track. He could barely do a push up in high school. Um, so I don't know where this crazy athlete came from, but if you're talking about desire and, yeah. and once the ball is thrown up in the air and when you're between those lines, he was going to give you everything he had. And mm. God just God just blessed him to uh, continue to grow yeah. and continue to get better. But the, 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 being a competitor, and that wasn't something you had to worry about with Russell. You didn't have to worry about if he was going to dog it that day. He was going to give everything he had. He just didn't have much to give when he was younger. If that yeah. makes any sense, yeah, no, that
1: does make total sense. And you know, now switching back uh, to to you talked about slam ball earlier. I remember, uh, you know, I knew you right from working camps with you. But then all of a sudden, my my oldest son Josue, who's who's now in, at Stanford, right, and a college student. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always like, oh, you know, you know Chris Young. He's to always tell right, me, Okay, right. and the next, you know, one morning where he was watching TV and he comes running upstairs, pops. Guess who's on TV? I'm like, who? Your friend, Chris Young. And, really? um, and uh, you know, and I, I remember that was a proud moment, you know. I was like, the, just watching the glare in his eyes of like, man, that's that's cool. He knows my dad. And, you know, and I remember, you know, your nickname, the Ghetto Bird, man. Where did that originate from?
0: Well, it, well from the announcer's name is George. He's the Drew League announcer okay. uh, to this day. Um, and George, you know, he always comes up with clever nicknames for everybody. And so like I think it was like ninety eight. We were outside. It's only my second year playing with Julie, but I had made a pretty good splash early. Um, he was like, We gotta find a nickname for you. So we were outside just throwing nicknames out there and like I I have mentioned before, I gave him I said one name and it's not really you can't really give yourself a nickname. I think Kobe's the only one that gave himself a nickname that everybody uh follows with, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we were just outside. He was like, "Man, I'm gonna call you the Ghetto Bird." And the Ghetto Bird is, for who don't, for those who don't know, mm-hmm. is for the popular song by Ice Cube back in the day.
1: Oh. And it's a,
0: it is a, it's, it was he was referencing the police helicopter and so in, in LA and other places too, but in LA for sure. Whenever you see the helicopter, the police helicopter, you go, "Oh, oh they're gonna the Ghetto Bird." You know, somebody's mm-hmm. in trouble. You know, they chased chasing after somebody. Um, good luck. So when George came up with that nickname, and and I'm all LA for sure, even back then i was with it i thought it was a cool nickname yeah. um i had no no reservations behind being called the ghetto bird so yeah um yeah it came from george uh in 1998
1: and, and i Not know you girl. and i know you had a opportunity to 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 talk to ice cube right in in, in a story about you know yeah uh, you know how how he you, you brought it up to him right you know
0: right right yeah <laughs> so i was doing a video shoot for destiny's child uh and Ice Cube was in the scene and I tried to get you know, you do you don't really wanna uh, bug the artist, because even though yeah. he wasn't rapping, he's still in his he's still in artist mode. Mm-hmm. So during one of the during one of the downtimes I tried to explain to him like, you know, music wasn't really loud, but it was loud enough to where he I don't know if he even heard me or if he just blew me off, but he didn't really respond the way I thought he would respond. But <laughs> If I saw I if I saw him tomorrow, I'm sure he would he wouldn't remember that moment, and I'm sure he would sit back and think that was pretty cool that I ran with that nickname for over 20 years now, and yeah. I've taken that nickname uh, pretty much around the world a few times.
1: That's you, man. That's you, and and that's a uh, that's how us that know you really well know you know that that's a that's a personal connection there. But um, now that we're talking about musicians and and connected to basketball, man, let's talk about Snoop Dogg. You know, let's talk about Snoop Dogg. I know you, you played, you guys play on the same team together. You organized a team, you know, tell us a story about that one.
0: Well, that was, was in 2005, or I'm still, still not sure what the year it was. But yeah. I had played in Snoop Dogg's charity game in 2001 uh, with all the Lone Beach guys, rest in peace, Nate Dogg and stuff like that. So I've had that experience with him. So he was kind of familiar with my face a, a few years later. Um, I'm not sure who called me, but I am getting a call like they're doing a game. Cause I think I, I, the odd part is I did it. I had put together a team or building a team. I'm not sure I put the team together the first year, but they did a tournament the year before that. And actually it was the Ice Cube's team the year before that. And we went to the semifinals that year. But Ice Cube didn't come. Like Snoop was there. The uh, game was there. Paul and Baron was there. But Ice Cube didn't come the, the year before. his. It was a uh, Cube Vision team. So I was looking forward to having the chance to talk to him again during that day, but he didn't show up. So when I did the Snoop game the the, next, the following year, um, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Snoop remembers me from back then, but it was only one weekend. So, and these guys are meeting yeah. you know, 100 people a day, so I don't necessarily think people remember mm-hmm. me like that. But um, I think we, we were cool that day. Uh, if I snuck Snoop tomorrow, Snoop always make sure to come speak to me and say mm-hmm. what's up. So um, I've been around him enough. that My face is familiar. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was a cool moment. I grabbed my boys. They all playing in the battlegrounds with me. So I knew we were familiar with playing outdoors. Um, despite Barron having a crazy game, I do think we got cheated. You know? <laughs> but, but who doesn't? That's who what does happens. Yeah. Somebody's going to be upset when you lose. So yeah, exactly. Um, but, have we, you know, I remember Snoop, We and he had a good time. And he was looking forward to going to the Rutgers with us because we had a good team, like I said, and we played hard. And Snoop wasn't just out there running around with his head. Cut. Snoop could have Snoop played a little bit, you know what I'm balling. saying? yeah. He got, he'd get in the middle. I remember, you know, he'd get a few rebounds here and there. He'd put some putbacks in. So yeah. it was definitely a good experience that I would love to be able to sit back and talk to him about. You know, we're talking about 15, 16 years later. So, mm. um, yeah. It's one of those quirky things living in LA, knowing some people and being able to do some things that you probably never thought you would do in your life.
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, that's the thing about LA, the connection, man. I, I was born in East LA, but I was raised here in East Salinas. But I still got that mm-hmm. connection with all of you guys that we've met through camps and through the years because, uh, we shared many stories but man the stories the stories are, are getting better with us through this podcast interview but let, let's dive into and let's talk about the working together at the michael jordan flight school uh the legendary dream come true experience you know you had have been able to play michael one-on-one you know i remember from the mm-hmm. conversation you right. know and and, I, and if i know the story correct you asked him like, let's let's play a game you know and and <laughs> things that we always, always dream about, but it happened to you, man. What was that experience? And what was the story behind that?
0: Well, the story is behind, well, behind that. I didn't ask, I didn't ask Michael, but Michael actually was, Michael okay. was his own one that day. He was shooting around with the kids. He was yeah. dunking for the kids. So Michael just was feeling good that day. Yeah. 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 So the backstory of that is I didn't start working camp until 2005. And by the time I started working camp, he had, he was, uh, he wasn't really playing as much. He he, had, he had played with the uh, with the high, school, well, the high school, with the college kids and the campers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was he wasn't really opening up. You know, he wasn't playing with the staff. Now back in the day, my boy said he would play with the staff back in the day. Uh, before before I got there, so when I got there, I just figured, well I will just have these moments with Michael and the staff, and and, and go from there. But um, for whatever reason. We just got alone. We talked a lot of shit to each other. I'm sorry. I don't know if if I you That's all good. We talked a lot. Of, we talked a lot of mess with each other over and over. Um, and just, just happened to be that day. Um, he said a few things. I wasn't going to back down, even though I'm tired. You know, people might think it's a cop-out, but you would know mm-hmm. after walking around nine hours, 10 hours all day in the camp, you're ready, you ready to hit a uh, state street or go to sleep. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But, and ice, michael, up,
1: and ice up right we'd always ice up
0: <laughs> right right could, or go to you know go to big George's room get your pizza yep. and, you, and, and you and you and you drink and, yep. and hang out with the boys so when mike decided that he asked me to dunk with him at first so mm-hmm. he said he wanted to dunk i mean I, I grew up i'm a dunker that's what i was so i'm definitely going to get a chance to dunk yeah. a basketball a few times with michael um so we went from there i thought that was what the dream came true i was ready to go that was enough for me i could go back and say I dunked the basketball with Michael Jordan a few times, you know what I'm saying? That was a drink come true. Uh yeah and then Rav says something. So Mark is really the person that, that egg dunk. Mark oh, okay. Rav said, Yeah, Rav says something. Rav says something like, "We'll just play one on one then. And Michael was like, Chris don't play one on one. I was like, Yeah, right. And I oh. dropped my bag real quick. I dropped my bag and, and, and got in the defensive stance and it happened, and that man. was that. You it
1: know, happened.
0: I teased him all the time. I said, I didn't get to touch the ball because I don't think you could guard me in them pants, but um <laughs> I'll take playing defense against Michael no, Jordan. Yeah, no,
1: yeah, and, no. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, we, we got so many stories. Is there a story that, that you could remember if, if if I were to put you on the spot and say, tell me your favorite Michael Jordan uh, camp story? Because, you know, I got my own, but, but what's mm-hmm. yours? What's yours that just comes to mind? You know, Chris Paul experience, right? Remember that was amazing. Well, I mean,
0: yeah, well, my favorite Michael Jordan story is probably on State Street, but we ain't getting into that uh-huh. right now. But, <laughs> but. But during camp, I would have to say my favorite story would probably be me playing Michael one-on-one. Yeah. That that was probably like the height of my yeah, life almost. Of I mean, course. you can't really get better than that other than um, doing it multiple times. But the Chris Paul moment was good. One time I brought my little cousins to camp and one of my cousins got to participate in some of Michael Jordan's uh, you know, nighttime activities. Uh, what's another good one? Like I remember when Joe Green, Like that, that's one of my favorite stories, when Joe Green came uh doing one of the years in camp workouts and that's when he went down the went down the lane between his legs uh in the middle of the game and michael was like okay that's it game over i, I got, thought that was phenomenal i got that right. on video you yeah
1: you got that on video i got it on video yeah
0: I got. Oh, people! I've mean, I been waiting. My boy was there too, and I was waiting to get that. i wanted to see that video yeah, so bad. And you know, people don't know that was amazing. Man, and, and
1: I and um, I remember one of my. I mean, my highlights of you know me, my little camera, right? And I was always under the basket, but right. The OJ, the OJ Mayo. Oh no, OJ was uh, oh, OJ was good. Do you remember that OJ story? The whole and I was like, I, I had it all on like, video, <laughs> and everybody wanted the video, and then that's another yeah. that's another podcast interview there, but um, right. Good stuff. I was man.
0: there. I was on the sideline. I was mm-hmm. on the side after right after Michael scored that one, the infamous when he bagged him down and scored to the end. When OJ walks to the side to to say something, I'm right Same. there, me and my boys yeah. right there, and he yeah. kind of like yeah. kind of looking at us like, "What can I do?" Like, I wish I, I remember that. I don't remember the, the, that day step by step. Yeah. yeah. But I do remember him torching mm-hmm. OJ. I remember yeah. Kareem and my boy Ice refereeing and stuff. So was, there's little things about it. But if you had Bill that, yeah, yeah. That close you know, up, that's what, what did he I'm say?
1: What so happens when you play with the big dogs? You know, hey little puppy, play with no, the big yeah. dogs. You're gonna get bit. Yeah, I remember,
0: and, I remember that. I remember Michael saying, <laughs> "Michael saying, you the best. In the, you might be the best in high school. I'm the best in the world. Yep, I'm still yep, the best in the yep, world, yep, when yep, so yes. all they could do is smile. All they could
1: do a smile. <laughs> smile. And then and, 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 then, and then it hit the ESPN later <laughs> and all that. But it's like we had the inside. We had the yeah. we had the back door scoop there to all that stuff, man. So many great stories know, there, campers. man you know?
0: Yeah, I'm saying camp campus his own 30 to 30. There oh, to that's 30 that's 30 for 30. sure.
1: That's <laughs> for sure. You know, you've had the privilege of influencing many lives in the greater Los Angeles area through the game basketball, coaching many players and, and developing kids now and working with the youth and you talked about that, the girls section of Air West, you know? How gratifying <laughs> is that and uh what's it like, you know, in the day of Chris, in, in, in the day of Chris Young because I know it's a, uh, pretty impactful what you're doing. And, uh, I commend you for that.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. Um, working with the young ladies, um, well we haven't really gotten that deep in, like I want to, and I, but I do believe that, it, I mean, I do know it's, it is a good, and it is gratifying to know that I'm helping all levels of basketball, but excuse me, there was a point of emphasis to really get in, in, involved with the girls basketball game. I still have an email. Cause I did a girls um, air west, young yeah. ladies air west, and I remember I was talking to Jerry Sawyer who used to work for Kobe, and I was like, man, how can I invite mm-hmm. Kobe and, and Gigi without pissing off Nike? Cause you know everybody gets territorial about their athletes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I remember he was saying, you can't you can't do it both ways. You know, what I'm saying you're gonna piss somebody off or you just gonna invite them. And I remember I kind of was like, okay, well, I'll just wait to the next one and hold on to this. Because he gave me the information, the personal contact and everything. Even though I knew Kobe, but I didn't know Kobe. I can't. I didn't have Kobe. Nobody couldn't call him. Yeah. So um, I was just trying to, you know, play to, you know, being diplomatic and not stepping on nobody's toes and all that. Well, let me just get this person off the ground and then moving forward. He'll hear about it. He'll want to come. Um, I was trying to get Zach Randolph to bring his daughter, you know, just so that she can know that it was going on because it was fairly new for the, for the young lady side. And then COVID hit. And then, well, yeah, COVID hit, and then the or tra- well, the tragedy hit first. So yeah. um, that would have been the worst. But if the tragedy hadn't hit, I still wouldn't have been invited because COVID was a few weeks later. So um, I, that's one of my regrets was not to have followed up on that email and just see where you know, he might have pulled up, she might have came. You know what I'm saying? Man. That would just would have made my event even that much better. But um, looking, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back to that. Probably more than anything is getting really deep into the girls game and helping out some of these young ladies uh get some exposure and some different uh basketball tips from the guys that are with and the guys and gals that helped me run air west middle school
2: awesome who was the influential in your development as a player and a person
0: well the person it was my mother just you know just watching her put her head down and work every day and not really, you know, getting anybody's business and not really, um, causing any any trouble. She just wanted to just work every day and look out for her kids. Um, she's also, we never had a lot of money, but she was always looking out for, you know, my friends and whoever she could to help get a job and just always lending and helping hand. So that's where I get kind of like my giving spirit Is my mother, um, when it comes to giving, you know, shoes or product or just some advice to someone that's, uh, asked me. My influence as a basketball player, that's kind of odd because I really d- didn't really have one. Like, I, I would, you know, I liked NBA players here and there. My brother was really good, but he was living in the Bay, so he couldn't, he wasn't there uh, daily to help me. Um, my father died when I was 11, so I didn't have a male role model in my life. I've never had a real male role model in my life every day, you know, even a basketball coach, you only see him five days a week, maybe six. So I don't really have, you know, I love Dominic Wilkins growing up. Michael Jordan clearly was a presence in my life. Um, but I really don't have just that one person I could say is the reason why or how I became who I am. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, no, no, it makes total sense. And, uh, um, you know, let, let's switch gears a little bit to, to the Drew league. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Drew league, especially because of the amount of talent that goes through there, right. To come down and play mm-hmm. on a weekly basis. I know your connection to that, um, is very deep, but, uh, a few years ago, I had the privilege to be in LA when um, kids want to go to Disneyland, and you know it's a it's a trip for us to travel down five hours. And and uh, um, I was like, hey, there might be a Drew League game going on, so I started making some phone calls. Was able to get in because you know it's pretty hard to get in, right? To to watch yeah, those games. Cool. And uh, but I know that you know um, you 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 share some very cool stories and experiences from the Drew League, you know, and and uh, you have a couple of. Uh, nuggets, you could throw our way to kind of tell us what that is for those that do not know what the Drew League is all about. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the Drew League is, is, at the time, well, right now, the Drew League is the pop, most popular um, summer basketball attraction in L.A. Uh, I'm not 100% what year it started, uh, but it was like late 80s. I got involved in 1996 before I decided to go to Southwest. I found the L.A. Southwest, the summer league basketball team. And so I've been involved since 1996 so after my first summer. Um, I've been there for many great games. Uh, my coach at the time, my coach and player, well, I, I played for a few teams, but my, the height of my, the best years of my Drew League playing years were when I played for the Cheaters with legendary Casper Ware Sr. That's when, when I was on his team for maybe six, seven years, and that's when uh, Casper Jr. was like our ball boy. He was just sitting next to us on the bench and get us waters and Gatorades and uh, him and his little brother Irv. And you know that's when Casper's wife used to make the tacos, so she was a taco lady back then. So I would always have, I always got free tacos. That and was Gatorade, the attraction, uh, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's when we played at the middle school, and the middle school was smaller, and of course it wasn't as um, as much talent as it is now. Yeah. But the games were more intimate. The, the old heads in there were tough. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to be, a, you had to really be able to play basketball, and you had to be tough. And I, mm-hmm. I got a lot of my toughness out of truly, because. They're going to test your heart before they test your game more than likely. So, yeah. you, know, you know, you can come in there with all the fancy moves in the world, but if you're not a tough guy, you'll get ran up out the east side real quick. Mm-hmm. So um, that was that. A couple of years later, like 2011, not 2011, like 2009, real wanted to get his own team together. Find We were playing for the Cheaters. The was on my team with the Cheaters. Actually, Kelsey played on my team. His first junior game uh, as a sophomore um, was on a Sunday, on a Saturday and he died on a Tuesday. But Kelsey was able to be – he was my teammate one time in the Drew League. And uh, actually after Kelsey died, that's when Darrell came home. And Darrell ended up playing the following week. And he ended up – that was his first time playing while he was in high school as well. So we had those relationships with uh, the Drew League. Uh, uh, We had those early in 2003 before we ended up getting our own team in 2011. We actually got the team for DeLon. Darrell wanted DeLon to have a team where he can, you know, learn and not necessarily get subbed all the time and, 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 and grow as a basketball player. And we use that just as a way to funnel a lot of NBA players have played. We've had over 30 NBA players come play on our team since wow. 2010. Wow. Um, a lot of our high school guys, a lot of our college guys have come back and play. So it's really, we call it the hometown favorites right now, but it really should be called Kelsey, Kelsey, uh, bars. Cause he's the, the reason and the memory that we always have when yeah. we play, uh, for that team on a Drew, League. we have his name on a, uh, a patch mm. on the back of our jerseys uh, with KB three on there for him. So he's always with us when we play uh, at the Drew League. So yeah, and through the Drew League, that's where Kevin Durant came and played one time. And then through him just saying he wanted us to come to DC is when uh, it kind of sparked the idea for the Capital Punishment game that we end up having later on. Then the that's big right. payback game. Yeah. Um, couple months after that so just you know once again just being in LA and just being presented with random opportunities and and, and not squandering them is kind of how a lot of things for myself uh happened
1: yeah so. no and I and, and I remember I mean the whole LA thing we were at camp when then you know we worked in the same division right at, at Jordan mm-hmm. camp and uh I remember when uh Usher we had Usher's kid uh-huh. there right and and yeah. uh next you yeah. uh, know Usher's right next to us and you and I hit Having a conversation with him, you know, and mm-hmm. it, w- it was pretty cool. I still got those pictures, you know, and I was like, "Wow, wow, what, what else could possibly happen to us?" You know, right?
0: And just and and it just shows that being, you know, good people and yeah. following your passion. Like we like through Jordan Camp, I've met a lot of people, and Usher's definitely one of them. Chris Tucker, yeah. uh, Chris Spencer, you know, what I'm saying, uh, for it's a few few of people. I'm I'm you know, of
1: course, yeah.
0: My brain freeze, but that Usher moment was really cool because. That was random. you know, we didn't expect Usher to yeah. be up there. We had his son, and and he was a pretty decent basketball player. I was trying to find out and find him on uh, Instagram, I oh, know, because okay. I wonder if he still plays basketball. Oh, okay. Okay. But he was, and, and Usher was a was a good parent. He wasn't one of those overbearing parents telling you, make sure my kid plays, make sure my son gets yeah, shot. Right. He just just right. sat back and enjoyed the experience. I think even for us, you know, I call us regular people, mm-hmm. even for uh, celebrities and and you know people that are probably famous or whatever, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Jordan Camp was just something else. It was just something in the water where everybody just felt a uh, privilege to be there and to be able to say, I was at Jordan Camp, you know what I'm saying? Or oh, I got to see Michael Jordan or, or trust right. Michael Jordan. You know what That's I'm saying? Right. So um yeah, just being good people, man.
1: Do you remember that just do you remember that story uh Paul Stanley from Kiss? when he was at camp and uh, he wanted to meet Michael and they wouldn't let him through. And and finally Rav was like, Hey Mike, this guy, Michael's up I'm busy right now. He was in center court. And then he finally let him through, finally let him through. And and, and he's just so excited. And people start because, Oh, that's, that's, Paul Stanley from Kiss, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I'm used to seeing the star in his face, right, in the paint. Right, but right, I was like, right. Put one and one together. I'm like, is that him? Oh wow! So Michael just turns around, just kind of shakes his hand, like, all right, man, here, you got your handshake. Get out of here now. And it was like,
2: right, wow. Right.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, star status, but you know, when it comes to Michael, everybody's like lower, yeah. below. You know, right,
0: right, 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 <laughs> it, it, right. Yeah, no one, not too many people that are bigger than Mike. Yeah,
2: so. exactly, exactly. Yeah. What advice do you have for the youth like me to aspiring to the future college and professional basketball players?
1: Aspiring to be college players. What advice do you have for uh, Fernie?
2: Um, Yeah, for,
0: for young athletes, just know your level. Don't necessarily look at the next guy and, and think that just because you're not where that next guy is that it can't happen for you. Mm. So just a little quick tip about me. Uh, on my high school team, even though I did go to two phenomenal high schools and one of them was the number one team in the country at the time, I didn't play a lot of, I didn't play much. You know, I was on the, I was what you would call a bench player in high school and, um, and I could have quit, but I, I decided, no, I wanted to pursue this. I, I knew I was better than that. And I knew that would be a, a life in the tunnel for me. So for young athletes with today's social media and the hype that comes with being good so soon, it could be, uh, it could, it could hurt other athletes. You, you can feel like it can't work for you. Now, if you know what level you want to play at, I just say, play the best you can be the person in the mirror, is the person you got to live up to, you know what I'm saying? That's the person you got to wake up to and know that you gave it your all. And if your all is a division three or any IA or division two, because I played division two basketball, then, then so be it. As long as you know, you gave it your all. And that's an all up it's high school, middle school, um, pro-am. If you're going to get between them lines, you're supposed to give it your all and, and let the chips fall where they may, but always be a good person. Always be a good teammate. And and you'll find some kind of success in sports. It might not be you might not make seven million dollars a year, but if you can find your way into college and, and to a good job and have great memories, then it was well worth it.
1: Yeah, and great friendships, man, like ours. Yeah, you know that that's a very good advice for our podcast listeners out there listening, especially parents. You know, that are trying to push their kids to you know be somebody. Let, let them right. enjoy the ride, enjoy the moment. Put right. work into their craft, right? Put work into your craft, and the results will come. And uh, that's great. Um, as we start wrapping up this 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 interview, man, because you know we once again, man, we can carry this on for hours, right? With all these stories right. and and uh, great memories, right? That, that we've been able we've been blessed to 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 have along our journey. Um, but but I want to I want to talk about the amazing experience that we had together going traveling to Africa, to Angola, Africa, and uh, reflect reflecting back in time. How empowering was that trip? And uh, because I know it it changed my life, man. I I, a Mexican-American kid growing up, you know, born in East LA, raised here in East Salinas. I never thought I could. I loved animals and, you know, and and it attracts me, but never did I think I was going to be able to go to an actual safari in Africa and coach basketball, coach you and these amazing athletes. And uh, let's talk about that trip for a little bit, man.
0: Yeah. So that was that was definitely a highlight, <clears throat> definitely a highlight of my uh, life and basketball career. Um, and I'm actually gonna write about that. I've been writing on Instagram. I know you, if you are yeah, following, I so I was gonna, I've been writing stories. That's actually one of my stories I plan on writing about. So, you know, and it's funny, cause I was thinking once you know, you probably laugh at some of the stuff. But so that's, that was random. That was super random. Yeah. I can't remember if it happened, like when you first asked me, did that happen within like two weeks? Cause it's not like it was a rush job and we just had to get it going. So, yeah. um, I just remember you asking me if I had some ball players that might want to go overseas, and I was like, "Yeah, of course." I'm not gonna say no. Not yeah. idea yeah. through Air West, uh-huh. and I was like, "Yeah, for sure, I can help you out with that." And I figured that's all it would be, and I think it was me and Monty. Uh, and I think we were, we were walking away, and you was like, "Well, if you could play too, you could still go." And this is I'm 37 years old, and yeah. I had already started not jumping. I had, I had already given up basketball. I was just I was gonna yeah. be a behind the scenes guy, and mm. I remember you asked me if I could still play. And I remember I was like, yeah, of course I can still play. <laughs> and, I remember, and I remember I turned to on to like, man, I'm sorry as heck right now. Like, I have not played basketball anymore, but I was not telling you that. So yeah, yeah. Um, for you to say it was a dream come true for you, you know, being Mexican-American from East L.A., and uh, I'm African-American, and yeah. I've never played I never played overseas back. I never mm-hmm. I had played for money before, and yeah. I played against teams that came from overseas, but yeah. I never actually got on a plane to play basketball mm-hmm. for money mm-hmm. and that has always been one of my goals you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so for me at 37 um i had to hurry get some kind of basketball shape uh and i was you know and, and the money wasn't great it was actually peanuts and, yeah. but um, to say that I got to play overseas basketball in Africa, in Africa. like that was where that's where yeah. it all, you, I didn't, I don't care if I was, went there with a clipboard in my hand mm-hmm. and that's one thing Horace talks about all the time too, Horace that went with us yep. is that it was in Africa. Like mm-hmm. I got, I never been Africa before mm-hmm. I got to go to Africa and I got to play basketball for some money yeah. and that was my dream come true. Yeah. That was like the last thing I've coached overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least got money for coaching overseas, teaching basketball, uh, I don't say overseas in Mexico. We're still not yeah. in the States, but, um, I made money doing that. I went to Europe with slam ball, I went to China with slam ball and to go to Africa to play basketball, yeah. um, and to see that and to see the, just to see it, to yeah. feel it, yeah. to breathe it, to taste it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like when I do write about it, if I'm only going to probably write like three things, but mm-hmm. it, I could write on that for hours oh, from yeah. being, the layover in Amsterdam for nine hours. That's and right. Getting to go to Amsterdam.
1: That's right. To me and
0: Horace, not even to ever go. Me and Horace, I don't go because we didn't have the visas filled out. We thought the visas, we was going to send them out in Amsterdam. And they're like, you can't even get on a plane if you don't have a visa. So me and Horace had to hurry up. we fill out our visas. And yeah. in like they, they held the plane for us. That's right. We actually was behind the, uh, the ticket <laughs> booth they out the stuff for us and that kind of stuff you figure now with COVID, you that know that's happening oh, so it's over yeah. we were and then we were both nervous we had these bags packed we were just you know what i'm saying like yeah i don't know it almost didn't work out yeah. uh yeah but to say at the end of the day that i was able to go to africa bucket list, period bucket list check for africa and yeah. then to play basketball yeah. and then my legs kind of came back and i had a little bouncing you know, like I, I was writing the story, like I didn't play a lot and I didn't do a lot, but I felt like I was a player coach. I yeah. felt like I was involved in the game. Uh-huh. I felt like it was just, I don't know. That was actually, I, I definitely want to thank you for that moment in my life because that was, I'm talking about we were walking past each other. He was like, you got any players that want to play? And I was yeah. like, yeah. And he was like, well, you want to play? It was, it was so random.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, that's what makes it even better. It was yeah, just a random no. thing. And we got together and we got the guys together. I always thought it was funny. We went as a Costa Rica national team. Yeah. we we'll play with some Costa Rica, but hey, what can you
1: do? <laughs> I know, man. That's, that's a, that's a, that's funny when we reflect back and, and talk about that, but yeah, you know, uh, man, Fernie, this has been an awesome interview, huh? Yep. Oh my God. You know, we, uh, man, I, it's been, it's been great. Um, we're going to wrap it up, uh, Chris, with, uh, uh, we're going to do some rapid fire questions at you, man. We call it the carne asada section of our of our podcast man you know grilling up in the backyard you know how we do it and uh we're gonna we're gonna throw some rapid fire questions at you man and uh let's get this going Fernie, huh
2: okay so, taking the last shot kobe or michael oh mm. oh
0: i, I'm I'm, I, mm. I say kobe.
1: See, i can't answer that one because you know what I don't want to answer because we both work for both, right? So right, but right, it's on right, you, man. Right. Pressure's on you, bro. Who who do you got? No,
0: I'm getting. No, I'm not, no, you know, <laughs> you know, you know. Only one person can could be mad at me now about that, and that's yeah, my. So yeah, he, yeah. he ain't gonna say much. But nah, uh, I go with Kobe.
1: Okay, hey, uh, best player to ever play and not make it to the NBA uh, in your in your LA area. That you know, yeah, someone yeah, that comes yeah. to. It's a tough to one, not right? make it
0: to, to not make it to the NBA.
1: That's a loaded question for you.
0: I mean, because yeah, because there's uh, there's a lot of guys that that. Um, but does one come, does one come
1: to mind? You think, man, that that person, if this wouldn't have happened, you know.
0: Oh well, well that would be Kelsey then. Yeah, that's the best person. There. That'd be Kelsey. I mean, because if it. if that if Kelsey had not passed away, yeah, he'd have made it to the NBA. Oh, so I was, wow. going, you know, I mean, there's other names. There's like Davenport yeah. Senior. There's a guy named Mike Brown. There's some other guys out there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Kelsey, I I definitely, I, definitely believe he was headed to the NBA.
1: Wow.
0: You know, okay. anything could happen in between, you know, 10th grade to the league, but yeah. he was on that. He was on his way. He was on his way.
2: There we go. Go, Fernie. What in you got? In your opinion, who is the best player to ever come out of LA?
0: Oh, Russell Westbrook.
1: There we go. Okay. There we go. Let's
2: go. Favorite basketball movie? Oh, uh.
1: He got game. He got game. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. Now we're gonna turn up the heat. Oh,
1: we're gonna turn up the heat. Okay. Ernie, now we're this, heat. Now this is Ernie's second out. podcast interview, man. Look at these. Let's go. Come right. with the lines. What Which you got?
2: is your favorite podcast? Oh, there we go. Oh, there the one go. I'm on right now. Ah, <laughs> yeah.
1: We got a winner. We got a winner. Oh man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> nah, man, Chris, thank you for for being on our show, man. It's been a it's been a pleasure, and and you know I I. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours, bro, because uh, um, we share the same passion to help the youth, help our communities, you know, and uh, selfless, right, without expecting anything in return. But I, I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up, and and you got a big fan in me here, bro.
0: I man, I appreciate you. You know, you always been one with me, Jose, especially when you was a uh, our, uh, our commissioner that one year. you yeah. made camp really easy for us. So. Yeah, there no, you're definitely one of, the, one of the the footnotes from me from going to camp and some of the, the good people that I met. And uh, I appreciate everything, especially the Africa trip. Yeah, man. That's 100.
1: Much love, brother. Much loves. And that's our show today. We'd like to thank Chris Young for being a guest on our show. From our family to yours, keep leading con ganas. My my
2: thank you for listening to Ganas, leading from the heart. If you found this podcast episode interesting,
0: please make sure to share with your family and friends. We have a valuable collection of episodes with inspiring guests. We'd appreciate if you subscribe to our show,
2: Ganas Leading from the Heart. boost the top that we running from the cops? Now, this is America.